an important part of uh, communicating design is calibrating the type of feedback that you need to the deliverable that you present. So making sure that depending on where you are on the design process, you're creating and showing people the right kind of deliverable that will invite to the right kind of feedback. everybody and welcome on the next episode. My name is Anfisa and I'm one of your hosts of the Honest Design Talks um, podcast and today I'm joined by Ioana to talk all about the design communication or communicating uh, design to stakeholders. So this is the topic of today's but before jumping into the topic and trying to decode all the how and what and why's um, I'd like to do the traditional catch-up with Ioana and ask you how has your last week went Ioana? Thank you so much. Hi everyone. It's great to have you on this episode. I've been um uh... Yeah, uh, working on the bootcamp, uh, um, we've hosted some very interesting events for the last couple of months uh, and weeks. Last week, we had an event where we invited uh, Felix Lee from uh, adplist.org, so Amazing Design People List, and also Frankie Kastenbaum, who's uh, an experienced designer at Adobe after she recently transitioned through a UX bootcamp. And we had a really, really compelling conversation around UX mentorship. And it's, it's, I, I loved it as much as I love my conversations with Anfisa. So that really means something. So I want to recommend everybody that you check out the Mental Design Academy sorry, YouTube channel. I only recommend albums and playlists. I'm sorry. So <laughs> that Siri. was Siri. Yeah, it was nice. like Mia talking to Siri. Nice. <laughs> so she pushed some buttons on my laptop. Yeah. Um, yeah. So getting back, uh, I was inviting everybody to go check out my YouTube uh, channel for Mento Design Academy, where we will be posting these events and valuable conversations that are packed with insights. And so that's my uh, recent weeks in a nutshell. How about you, Anfisa? What do you want to share with the community today? Well, first of all, I just wanted to say that that sounds amazing. <laughs> I want to check it out already. I haven't checked it yet. Um, and also like, congrats on all those talks I, i've seen them around it looks really cool by the way i also have just recently joined the adopt adopt list i call it adopt list but i think it's adp list <laughs> just to check it out and see if i can try to squeeze it in also in my calendar so it's exciting um the platform is amazing and it's just a great plug but it's free for now um we'll see how it go in the future but there are amazing mentors there and you can actually book their time for like 30 minutes and it's not a sponsorship <laughs> i just wanted to really plug this tool or this service because it's amazing and, and i just and i think that they have just recently raised something 1.3 like, 1.3 yes, million that's absolutely incredible it's crazy yes yeah. so that's amazing to see that actually the venture capitalists are investing in design education which is a huge and amazing sign, I believe. So, so hey, yeah. venture capitalists, I have a UX bootcamp if you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Same, I have a course. Hey, everybody. <laughs> How do you say this? Ping us out or drop us I an know. email or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, yeah, there is not much uh, things to share on my side. Um, other than I think I mentioned last week that I'm trying to work on my side projects so that I can resume some of the you know, side uh, hustles I've been working on previously before the summer hit us and I was fully on on doing my offline life. Right now I'm going to work on the design thinking workshop and finally finalize it because I think I've been talking about it for so long and I still haven't 
you know, published it, which is a shame on me. I'm trying to target end of September to do that. Um, so stay tuned. And I will be mostly informing people through the email. So if you're interested, just sign up for my email list and you might be the first one to hear about this. So yeah, that's it from my side. Um, how about just jumping on to the topic of the today's conversation? Yeah, definitely. Let's do that. Great. So today's topic is communicating design to stakeholders. And I believe in a previous episode, we have been talking a lot about how important it is for designers to be a good communicators, to be uh, this person, this kind of person that wears different hats and always switch brains and talk different languages and still be this advocate of the user trying to uh, advocate for the user needs and, and motivations and, and desires, et cetera, et cetera. And so... Again, we talked a lot about the communication, but how do we actually do this practically at our job? So I thought like um, it would be a great topic to discuss today. And my first question to you, Ioana, would be actually pretty straightforward. So how do we as designers communicate our design decisions to different parties? <laughs> uh, let's start broad. Yeah, I think that's the way we should start. Um... I love the question. I'm very fond of this topic of communicating and socializing design decisions and design insights throughout the, the teams and companies you work with. And I think that uh, pretty much all the deliverables that we create have the purpose of communicating our design thought process, design decisions, uh, design questions, and so on. So I think that the way we communicate is by creating design deliverables. Sometimes it may be that we're communicating to ourselves when we're not sharing those deliverables, but it just helps us put things into place or uh, crystallize some ideas or insights or uh, problem statements that we've uh, uncovered. But most of the times the design deliverables that we work on and we create, um, they're a way of communicating design. And I, I really, it's, it's difficult for me to think of a deliverable who doesn't fit that purpose as well. So wireframes are definitely a way that we communicate design decisions. Um, personas are a way that we communicate the research insights uh, and so on. And so I can, I can think of any design deliverable and it's a way of communicating uh, design and design decisions after some point. So some point in the process, I mean. So I think that we communicate design continuously through everything we create. And plus, we also need to formal communicate design through conversations around design. And I think that there are some ceremonies or some, uh, it depends from company to company, team to team. Sometimes we just have like design critique sessions on a weekly basis where we communicate our progress on a different um, project we're on or we can have let's say uh, uh, showcasing meetings where we have to just like milestones or check-in points where we meet with the team and show them we demo if you want the design decision or the design progress on a particular problem so I think uh, to answer your question I think that we communicate design continuously and we also have some uh, formalized ways of boxing the conversation, if you want. Uh, this is what I feel and what I think that uh, the design job entails in itself, a lot, of, a lot of communicating and socializing design. So what are your thoughts around it? Yeah, uh, well, actually, 
You have covered it pretty nicely. I think the point is that we need to now try to uncover all the aspects you have mentioned, right? So different parties, different formats, different processes, maybe even that we can do that. Um, I don't. I don't have much to add here. I think that it, like I totally agree with you that it's literally our job. It's a part of our formal job to communicate our design decisions and not to be like this almighty smarty people sitting in glasses and being smart about our design decisions that nobody will ever know. It's really actually our job and not just to communicate the design decisions or the insights uh, from the research, but to also involve the stakeholders and build uh, the same design thinking mindset if, if it, it's possible within your company, maybe even educate your stakeholders about um, the design culture, the design process, the needs, the user-centered uh, practices, etc., etc. So that's our job. And sometimes even I can see in the like uh, job posting uh, vacancies that um, some companies even require people to be the advocates and uh, share the culture, design thinking, and build the the design thinking culture within the company and educate the stakeholders and conduct different workshops that will help other stakeholders, especially from the technical background or other backgrounds to, uh, to, to think more for the users. So it's cool. However, the question or the juicy question is, or the juicy part of this whole conversation is really how do we communicate our design decisions to different parties, right? Different um, parties, be it a design or sorry, design team, uh, be it a business side, be it the development team, maybe the marketing team and whatnot. Um, so do you maybe have some practices uh, about A, involving and also be communicating the design decisions to those different parties. Do you have to do that separately? Do you have to do this together? Um, yeah, any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, definitely. I uh, think that I was uh, kind of hinting towards the points that I'm about to make through my first answer as well. I feel that actually I would break the conversation into two parts. So on one hand, one of the most uh, tangible way of communicating design uh, and communicating design decisions in particular is through deliverables. So I think that if I am to focus on this uh, box of uh, communication, uh, I would say that the, the most common way of communicating design decisions is through wireframes, prototypes, or different design components. So basically um, representations of the interaction solutions that we came up with. So this is, let's say, the artifact or the the item that we use to communicate our design decisions. And the other part of the conversation is the actual conversation. So the conversations that happen around design decisions and in, in how, we, how we communicate these artifacts themselves and, and the rationale behind building them is um, another part of the story. So somehow, uh, they complement each other, right? So we have on one hand a deliverable that showcases our thought process and our decision. And on the other hand, we have the um, opportunity and I think the imperative of also uh, talking about the reasons for that particular design decisions, getting buy-in, getting people on board, 
convincing and advocating a particular solution that makes most sense for the users and so on. So deliverable plus conversation. And now to answer a little around the tips for conversations, I think that it very much depends on the team setup, the context, the company, the project, the, the process in itself. So I think that um, ideally, from my perspective, you would involve other stakeholders and product managers, developers, you will involve the entire team as often as possible without becoming like uh, doing the same amount of work for design. But you would involve them and, and have them um, um, co-create in a way, but without uh, losing autonomy and uh, the with boundaries, if you want. But I would involve them as much as possible, as often as possible, and um, communicate the progress that we've been doing, because this helps actually uh, be able to uh, have your design uh, challenged, to have questions that come up, to be able to think of scenarios that maybe you missed, and so on. So from my perspective, this was the most uh, uh, efficient way of working. Uh, and like I said, there, I think there are ceremonies for this. You could have design critique sessions. You could have, uh, yeah, showcasing design meetings where you invite everyone at the table and you share your uh, solution with your audience. And so um, I think this is pretty much what I what I have in mind about this topic. Um, not sure if to go, you know, more practical, tangible way as to how to create an effective wireframe, I think it would be a topic for another conversation. But the bottom line is that you always have to communicate your design through deliverables and the conversations around them. What are your thoughts around this? Yeah, um, no, I think that you started from a really great point. Um, and actually, from to pick up from where you left off, I feel like maybe it's important to know that, or maybe even derive from your um, from your monologue right now, uh, there are that there are a couple of aspects, right, of communicating the design decisions effectively. Oh my God, we sound so nerdy right now, but <laughs> maybe yeah, it's all about the theoretical conversations. So, <laughs> The aspects of communicating design decision to me personally from where you have left off sound like as a designer, it's our job to um, A, educate the stakeholders, meaning actually building the design thinking culture within the organization. Then B would be to involve them. And like you said, with different boundaries, meaning that we have to think critically, again, <laughs> plug in the previous episodes that we have done on the critical thinking, involving the different parties, the different stakeholders with different specialities um, into, into our practice. So instead of just you know throwing it at them, saying that here are the insights, go live with it <laughs> now. Uh, we need to involve them, but also let their voice be heard. Again, using the empathy again, calling out the previous episode we just did. <laughs> uh, understanding their perspective, building the empathy for their perspective as well. And also sometimes it's very important to use the practice to help them uh, to share their opinion. Sometimes, you know, as, as we like to communicate, uh, we might use the different formats such as workshop, where instead of just presenting some insights that we have derived, we would ask them to sort of maybe before even we collect those insights, we would ask the stakeholders to share their assumptions, share their knowledge, share their perspective, share their whatever hypothesis they might have that we as designers then pick it up um, being all on the same page and then go and validate those with the, you know, users. So again, like educating, 
involvement uh, with some constraints and then maybe aligning those um, those different parties and stakeholders through different kind of activities. As I said, like it could be workshops, it could be design sprints, it could be co-creation sessions, et cetera, et cetera. So aligning is where everybody are on the same page with what we are doing and also like on board with the insights we have collected and also start like start having an understanding of the design process a bit better having a better model or i guess even more transparent model of what we do as designers and then like you have also we're talking about the deliver part the deliverable part sharing so once we have been educating them involving them aligning them throughout our whole design process, then we need to share the result, right? So what we have built, and like you said, uh, it's important to show, not just tell. I like this tip a lot, show, not tell, because yeah, you, you probably have heard again this cliche phrase, but the prototype is worth thousand meetings. Uh, and instead of us talking about hypothetical decision, hypothetical prototype, hypothetical, I don't know, idea, it's so much better to quickly illustrate it, quickly show it, quickly even show the analogy, maybe showing the similar product that has a sum something similar building and you can just quickly demo it uh, during the meetings. So um, communicating the deliverables with something visual, something that aligns everybody and puts everybody on the same page um, are all the very important aspects of the communicating design across companies. As I was talking, it all brings me to the point that communicating design means aligning everybody and not sitting like boxed out in our silos and doing our job, but actually being very cross, um, what's the right way to say it? Cross-teamed, cross-cultural? I don't know what's the right way to say it, but being inter in the intersection between different part, like in different parties, um, which we usually like to say in our podcast that design is this very interconnected um, part of the of the product development process where we need to sit in different meetings sometimes wear different hats talk different languages understand the business language the technical language um, understand the users understand marketing needs etc cetera, etc cetera. so we are those unicorn um, unicorns yeah of course <laughs> we are <laughs> um, anything you would like to add before moving to the next question I have a point that I want to add. I think that uh, an important component that we uh, didn't touch on uh, in this conversation yet. So an important aspect to communicating design is uh, one that's not necessarily uh, the most tangible one, but it's as essential. Uh, and it's the one around framing the conversations that you have around design. So I think that an important part of communicating efficiently as a UX designer is to be able to frame those conversations in a way that they're effective, that they're on point, if you want. Because one of the most common diseases that I see throughout teams and design teams and people working together is that when they have conversations, they oftentimes derail or it's not clear what the conversation should be about or we present deliverables that invite to feedback that's not necessarily relevant to the problem or what's being showcased in that particular case. So I think that a very important aspect of communicating design is that we train our ability to frame the conversation context in a way that people know 
what kind of information is being communicated and what they need to do with it, if they have anything uh, that they need to help us with. So an example would be that instead of creating, I don't know, a very um, hi-fi uh, prototype that you showed to your team and then having everybody focus on uh, the images that you've used or the logo placement or the colors or typography, then probably uh, that it may be that you actually wanted people to focus on the functionality and on the, the user flows. And so you should have probably used a wire flow or a user flow or a different type of deliverable. So it's a, an important part of a communicating design is calibrating the type of feedback that you need to the deliverable that you present. So making sure that depending on where you are on the design process, you're creating and showing people the right kind of deliverable that will invite to the right kind of feedback. Uh, this is an important disclaimer that I think we that it yeah. goes goes well in the conversation. I love it. Yeah, I think it's super important, and it actually goes in line with another episode we did about uh, design feedback, right? So yes, it's super important to frame it, and also I think and a little add-on to this would be to maybe speak different languages. Like when you're talking to the business sites, they don't they don't really care about your design terminology. They don't really want to know what is, uh, I don't know, like qualitative methods that you've been using or quantitative method or what IB testing results you have done. They maybe want to hear how much exactly that would impact our business. What's the ROI on this effort? What, what are the metrics that you've been using and what are the data that you have collected? They don't really care about nerdy things that you are discussing with your design colleagues. So it's important to also like use different language and also communicate to the right side knowing what exactly they care about and um, how you need to frame the conversation with, again, your perspective and their perspective. Plus, as you said, using the right methods and showing the right deliverables that are relevant to them, um, which is actually a, another great skill that we actually have to focus and build on. I personally still feel uh, that I need to in, like improve this part because sometimes I tend to be this designer who starts speaking design language on the business meetings or the you know stakeholders meetings and it's not always relevant um so switching the hats is is something that i feel myself like i could improve this part but yeah it, it, it's definitely a skill that takes time <laughs> and the practice to build uh, but as we were talking about those different hats and different framing and different languages, maybe uh, we can actually make it a little bit more practical and start talking about the differences or maybe talking about different communication tools or practices or even meetings or whatever, let's say workshops um, between different stakeholders, right? So how can you give us some examples, maybe from your personal experience, from the projects you have done? How would the different um, meetings go? Let's say if you're presenting to the business sites, what kind of meeting we would say? And we can pick up any design stage, you know, for example, exploratory stage, or maybe, I don't know, the retro stage where you have done the projects and there are some insights that you want to share with the business side. So how can we differentiate between those meetings? Let's talk practically. What would be the difference between meeting with the business stakeholders, development team, design team, whatever else? Um, any any examples you would like to share with us uh, from your own practice? Yeah, definitely. I can um, I can go through some of the types of meetings that I've been a part of in my design career, and actually uh, types of 
workshops if you want, because oh, many times uh, we communicate design through practical ways, uh, involving the teams in, uh, in a practical way. So I think that the most common way of communicating design and one of the most common uh, type of meeting that I've been a part of is the design critique meeting, which mm, most times or it's ideally should happen with the design team or other designers. So this is, I think, the main point, uh, the main, um, the most often kind of uh, design meeting where design decisions are being discussed and questioned and challenged and expanded and unpacked. So design critique sessions are, are things that happen between designers, if you want. Then you also have meetings with clients. In case, in the case that you're working with a, as a freelancer, or even if you're working in a company that's working in an agency, let's say, and so on. So uh, the the meetings with clients are uh, obviously framed in a different way. Um, and again, meetings with clients or other business stakeholders, or I don't know, VPs of your company or people in the business area. Um, all these uh, meetings where you're talking to non-tech roles, non-design roles. Um, they're not the product managers. They're not the developers. So they're just people that come from the business side. This, these meetings should, like you said, uh, be very easy to translate. So don't use pretentious design vocabulary. Don't try to confuse them with buzzwords. Uh, just make sure that you're getting the message across and um, you're advocating for your design decisions if you know and feel that they're in the best interest of the user. So this is another type of meeting. And uh, I think that uh, the, the last kind of meeting is uh, meetings with, like you said, cross-functional teams where uh, you meet with your product managers or business analysts or even QA or the developers and you try to discuss things like maybe the feasibility of a particular solution. So these are uh, types of meetings that I um, also had on a very regular basis uh, in my design roles, uh, where we, we, I, I come with a design perspective and then we try to understand how to implement that. And um, that's another type of conversation. And it's, it's completely different from the conversation with other designers or with business people, whoever they might be. So these are like the top three kind of meetings that come to my mind. And there are also some workshops that you might be doing um, in your design practice, which are a bit more, um, let's say, actionable or concrete, if you want, uh, where you you actually, let's say, uh, do some ide an ideation workshop, which is another way of communicating design insights or some very primitive design solution that you have and you want to explore further. And so um, inviting diverse teams and having people from different uh, areas uh, the business person with the product manager and the developer and also other designers. So having a diverse conversation um, on particular topics is also something that you could be doing. So these are the like top 
four things, four ideas that come to my mind. Uh, do you want to add anything to that? Or what are you thinking when you're answering this question? <laughs> sure. No, yeah, definitely. Um, to be honest, it's true that we have a lot of different processes that we can use uh, depending on the design stage and depending on the stakeholders parties that are involved in your project, right? Sometimes you're working in a small team, four people in the same room, you don't necessarily need all those complex processes in place. But sometimes, like me, you wanna working in a bigger companies, bigger international teams, that are, you know, uh, spanned across different time zones, different countries, different cultures, et cetera, et cetera, different specialities. And so it becomes a little bit more complex for us to uh, navigate through this journey. And um, some things I would like to discuss or mention uh, regarding different types of um, activities we do is actually, I would like to refer what we right now do at my company and some of the things, again, related to the workshops later, <laughs> later, because it's a more complex part. So normally uh, at my company, we have right now three types of meetings, collaborational meetings, because as a designers, I would say that we section our work into two types of things, right? Working solo and working in teams, working with others. And when it comes to working with others, I would say we have three types of meetings. One is the classic design chair. We have a team of around I don't know how many people, but it's definitely more than 50 people. <laughs> so uh, we have design shares where every sort of part of our design product would share their progress in the last sprint, uh, quickly demo the progress, maybe say that here is some areas that we can collaborate on with other designers, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe there are resources that people could plug, maybe some people who have experience in different areas. So this is the space where we with other designers will try to work together, but also present our personal uh, project progress. Uh, and again, here is a safe space for you to you know, use your design terminology, your design memes, your design <laughs> internal jokes, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the very safe design space. There are other parts of meetings where it's all about collaborating with other stakeholders. So we would have a three in a box kind of concept of meetings. Like, so three in a box, meaning that there are three different parties. Uh, so let's say technical side, marketing side, project management side, sometimes sales and like, and uh, maybe like support size, depending on the project where in the beginning of every project, we would form sort of a small team of stakeholders who will represent different sides. And so during the whole project, we would have all those recurring meetings, let's say weekly meetings, um, where as the designers, uh, we would present our progress and they would share their critique or their perspective or add their some inputs like, hey, this is not possible to build. We have this limitation or, hey, we have this client. They actually need this nice thing. Uh, can we explore this? So working with the collaborational sort of team uh, from different parties and having weekly check-ins, let's say. And then there is this other part, which involves sometimes not just design, like design team and not just your small three in a box meeting, but also could be a much bigger effort. Um, and this is what I would, I would like to call it like a workshops where 
depending again on the effort, on the complexity of it, on the unknowns of it, uh, we would need to use different types of workshop and involve more people. Um, so these workshops mainly would be custom workshops. For example, there is this new huge effort that nobody has a clue about, but everybody has different perspectives, ideas, uh, assumptions, and um, again, like experiences that they might share. So in a small team of, let's say, two, three designers, we would sit together and try to plan this custom workshop where we would like to think of how can we effectively involve different people that will not necessarily work with us on this project, but have a valuable input that we can use and then uh, frame the whole workshop to be practical, but also, you know, involving everybody and make sure everybody's opinion is heard. Those sort are of planner activities around our objective with different people. So those workshops could be around for like 10 people, 20 people, sometimes even 50 people, depending on how big and complex is the initiative. And those kind of workshops could be, again, depending on the stage of the design process, could be exploratory, could be kickoff workshops, could be even design thinking workshop if we need a little bit of a innovation and experimentation um, in place. It could be just a vision thinking um, sort of workshop where we would like to even collect criteria that we need to design for. So again, like different kind of objective, different kind of stages and different kind of people. And this would require extra work from design team to plan this workshop upfront. We would use tools like Miro, Figma Gem, and other similar collaborational tools. Uh, and we try to even do sometimes like templates that if we used it for one workshop, for one initiative, uh, then anybody from the other team could pick it up and try to re repurpose it for their needs. But there will be already a lot of those exercises that they could reuse there. I want to conclude it with three types of things, three types of points. One is we would have design shares, Second is we would have uh, our three in the box recurring meetings. And the third one would be this bigger scale workshops, which would be mainly custom built, but sometimes this nicely packaged workshops that are available online, such as design thinking or design sprints. And those workshops could be synchronous or asynchronous, meaning that people would work on them as a homework throughout the week in their free time. That's all I wanted to share. I know it's a lot. <laughs> There's, there are two sides to this conversation that I just want to make sure that I highlight. One thing is when, when you're communicating through the part of the process where you don't have yet any design decision that's being made, and that's a different kind of communication that's more open, you're inviting, it's, it's diverging, if you would uh, invoke yeah. The, yeah. the double diamond uh, process. So there are... Uh, meetings where you don't necessarily communicate design or communicate design decisions you at best communicate design insights or design assumptions if you want so there are a way of of communicating design but not uh, like design solutions or decisions or uh, any thought uh, any any representation of uh, a decision that's been made so these are like the first stages of the design process or of course since the design process is not linear you can go back 
even after you've had some solutions that prove to not work, can go back to square one and start over and have, again, these meetings. So they're not necessarily uh, temporarily first at the, and first, and then you move into the next stage, you can go back and forth. And I think that the part where we're focusing in this conversation is the one where we communicate the decisions that we've made. And these are, um, meetings and conversations that we have once we have um, crafted or figured out a particular solution that we want to go for and we have different levels of fidelity um, to this solution so we start by having maybe i don't know a paper sketch that we bring people to look at and we start discussing it and it's uh, it's up for debate at that point um, and then you move uh, on and further and further on the fidelity scale until you have a clickable prototype that's very high fidelity and it looks exactly as the final design would look and then you're discussing it with developers and I don't know so um, yeah I think that there are like two big stages to communicating design three design solutions so the point where you you gather and create uh, insights until you're able to devise solutions and then post solution. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's all I yeah. had to say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great point. It's like great um, encapsulating sort of main takeaway that you've already started <laughs> sharing because it actually makes sense. Like from all we have discussed, there are different parts, different processes, different stakeholders, but also different stages and also different kinds of uh, communication that we will have to use. And so sometimes you would frame it in an open way, but then sometimes already in a closing way, I guess, uh, convergent, divergent way. Um, so I guess, yeah, with all those great points, let's maybe start going through our takeaways for today, for today's conversations. And um, I guess you'd like to start today. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm going to go ahead and share my top three takeaways. Um, they're a bit blurry this time because I think that um, it's, it's a very broad conversation. It's True. not necessarily extremely tangible in the sense that we didn't discuss how to communicate design efficiently on a very granular level level in the sense that let's say uh use annotations when you create wireframes yeah, which yeah. is it's, it's a great piece of advice actually you know everybody that's listening can take it uh, can take it away annotations are really important when you're uh, designing when you're when you're communicating wireframes anyhow getting back to the top three findings for uh, insights for today i would start by uh, by by restating that essential to the way you communicate design is the audience you're communicating towards and that you should adapt and frame the conversation based on the people that it's designed for, if you want. So always start from the audience and adapt the deliverable uh, and or the way you present it at least uh, based on the audience that you're communicating to. So always be mindful and careful about this relation. The second insight it's, it's closely related to the first one, and it, it, it means that you have to adapt your vocabulary and the way you discuss to the people in a way that's uh, easy to understand and it's effective. And so the purpose of communicating design, just like you said, is to build alignment, is to make sure that everybody has the same understanding on the design solution that you've created and they're on board with it. So it may be many times in my experience as a designer it happened that alignment was very difficult to achieve so many people didn't really 
uh, feel that that solution that we went for is particularly the best one. So in real life, it's really hard to have everybody on board and aligned. But what you have to strive for is at least that everybody understands the solution that we're going for, even if they're not necessarily in agreement with it, because it will prove that it's really hard to, to have everybody agree on, uh, on uh, the particular solution that you're going for. And that's why, uh, just a minor uh, disclaimer, that's why testing with users is super important because you don't want to make it a subjective conversation and a conversation of egos, but you want to involve the user as much as possible to try to keep it um, outside <laughs> your um, your team and ego and conversations that happen between team members. And the last finding that I, uh, the last insight that I want to share is that you have to think about uh, design solutions and your design decisions um, differently once you're at a different, uh, at a later stage of the design process. So you, you can communicate design and you can communicate research in, in findings and customer journey maps are a way of communicating insights from the research as well as um, it, it, sometimes it can communicate assumptions uh, even with prior to the research. So this is what we think happens and now we're going to build another customer journey once we understand what happens. And so um, there are many things to be communicated even before you have an actual solution to communicate. Every stage of the design process requires communicating with others. And so my last, <laughs> my conclusion is that uh, communicating design is basically the role of a designer. So this is a... Uh, this is where I will hand you the mic if uh, you want to share your topic. <laughs> okay, so actually, from what you have said, I think that it's a great idea for now our next episodes because we might need to get into more in depth, I guess, in the next episodes and actually split those into two other types of episodes. One could be uh, talking about the deliveries of a design and the tips and tricks and how we are doing it, and another one would be involving designers or sort of uh, stakeholders into the process early on, uh, and then again discussing different tips and tricks and practices that we're using so yeah if you like the idea just send us a message we'll try to do it next times uh but as to my takeaways here are three takeaways and i'll try to be super brief here so the takeaway number one it's what Joanna said would be that communicating design decisions uh, could be in different stages and you have to be like aware of this that there are diverging kind of communication and then converging kind of communication where it would have involving different people different communication styles as well as different activities that we're doing Second takeaway would be that uh, I would rec really recommend, especially if you're new to the team and if you're working in a new sort of company, new product design team, is to build different practices within your organization to communicate design decision, even if your organization is not UX mature yet. That means that you would try to, I would suggest to try to uh, involve different meetings different with different stakeholders early on, uh, implementing workshops, again, starting small with uh, maybe one hour activity, but then building up on top of that and kind of building that buy-in mindset from different stakeholders. So again, meetings, workshops, different kinds of things, recurring things, and like you, you want to mention earlier, design critiques. Um, and if you sort of build this culture of having different check-in, checkpoints with design team, with different stakeholders, it would be much, much better and more effectively to work in a big organization um, 
especially for designers. And the last tip that I still liked a lot, and it's a small one, but I really, I really love it. It's more practical, but um, is that as designers, we need to try to show, not tell. We need to try to always bring up some demo, some visual support to our points. So this way, everybody is aligned and sort of shares the same I guess, understanding um, across the point we're trying to make in different stages. So yeah, those would be my three takeaways. Um, and with that being said, I think we can wrap up this episode. Um, hope that you've enjoyed it. Hope you've learned something today. And if you have any other topics or questions, feel free to DM us on our Instagram as Honest UX Talks. Otherwise, you can also DM me or Ioana personally. Uh, we'll definitely consider your questions next time. And, uh, and yeah, feel free to rate us in any podcast platform that you're using. We're always appreciative of your support. It makes us motivated to record the next episodes. Um, and I guess that's it from my set. Anything you'd like to add, Ioana? Nope, nothing. I just want to thank everybody who tuned in into this episode and another uh, conversation that I really enjoyed. Thank you, Anfisa, and see you all soon. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.